Welcome to Marriage Monthly. I'm Gabe Kolstad. This is my wife, Melissa, and we are going to be talking this month about bringing faith into your home. Such an important topic that we are very passionate about. And uh, one of the things we want to do to start off with is recommend a book by Kurt Bruner and Steve Stroop. It's called It Starts at Home, and it is absolutely a fantastic walk through really how to integrate faith into all aspects of your home life, whether you're uh, married with kids or you're uh, married without kids or you're forming a family. Um, what a great resource. And there's even a section on grandparents at the end. There for is grandparents a at great the end. grandparent yeah. section. Really so, good. Yeah, awesome. Not a great grandparent section, just, no, a, just a good grandparenting yeah. section. There you go. Yeah. Um, but here's a quote I wanted to start off with <laughs> from uh, a 2008 study conducted by the Center for the Study of Religion and Society at the University of Notre Dame. And they found that only about 17% of emerging adults become more active in religion than they were as teens, while 54% back away from active faith. So it's interesting because the more deeply rooted our kids can be uh, leaving our home, the better off they are in terms of faith moving into adulthood, whereas it's going to be difficult for them to pick up more faith than they had when they were at home. And so we're just convinced that rooting faith at home, again, whether you have kids or not, just building a home that's a faith-filled home. How do you bring faith in your home? Sometimes it it almost seems like they're separate things, right? You got your faith life and then your home life, but we're going to be talking about how to integrate all of that stuff. Quick story. Um, When I was a kid, my parents were people of faith, and I'm so grateful for that. My dad, Bud, and my mom, Donna, um, brought faith into our home. And uh, one of the things that I loved that my parents did is they they always had it seems like we always had people at our house um, for different church activities. <laughs> One that was, seems to really always spark a smile for me is this thing called the Singspirations. It was it was it was kind of weird. Just to be honest, we lived in the country. We had all these people over to the house, and they would be playing like all this awkward instruments. Like I Saws. remember, this, yeah, like a saw. <laughs> Like a wash tub with a stick on it and a string, and it made it sound like an upright bass. Um, all this stuff, but the spoons. cool th- spoons, whatever. Um, I can still play the spoons, by the way. You do good. Um, but the cool thing was that faith for us was part of our fabric, you know, of our home life. It wasn't like that. It was just something we did one day a week or something. Right. It, it became really part of who we were. Um, and and so I know that you also oh, yeah. had similar things. Oh. Growing up in church, because my parents were faith-filled man and woman, and it was amazing being raised by them. But some of the cool things about being raised by them was that faith was just a part of the fabric of our every day. Mm-hmm. Just being in community, serving people, loving people. I remember many times as a kid getting dragged for hospital visits, visiting <laughs> a new baby, visiting somebody that's sick. Um, just going to someone's home that was new to the church just to say hi and welcome them, just different ways. And it was really powerful because that stuck with me as an adult is that how do I serve people? How do I stay in community? That was a part of my foundation. That was the fabric. Yeah. And and for us, we then took that forward, you know, mm-hmm. um, and it was something we wanted also to to bring into when we became parents, you know, to bring to our kids. But even before we became parents, just to even bring into our marriage and to yeah. what was the rhythm of our life. So we're going to talk about some things that we think we can share um, that we've learned along the way. Um, but because here's what we believe, as goes your f- home life, so goes your life, mm-hmm. as goes your faith at home, so goes your faith outside of home. And so we want to talk about how to integrate those things, and Melissa is going to kick us off. All right. The first thing I want to talk about is the habits within your home. And I think that this can be confusing for people because, like, again, we're compartmentalizing our faith and really 
our home is where our faith should be flourishing the most. And so to me, habits and home are super important. So you want to talk about faith. You want to talk about Jesus. It reminds me of Deuteronomy 11, 19. talks about teach them to your children. That's truth. Teach those to your children when you're at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, when you're getting up, all those kind of things. And so um, being intentional about speaking truth about God's word, about faith, about Jesus, about all the things that are important in that way, I think is really, really powerful. So that being a habit, um, pray before your meals. That was something really simple that we've done. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've done our whole life. But with our kids, we pray before meals. We would talk about what are we, what are we grateful for? What are we thankful for? Trying to build a really great, positive environment. Um, we did this thing a lot when the kids were young called high-low. Like, what was high for the day? What was low for the day? And a lot of times it was like, oh, someone was mean to me. Or, oh, it was fun. We did this. You know, that kind of thing. A high-low game was really, really fun. It brings up some great conversations to have with your kids. And also a lot of teaching opportunities. And so I think that's really, really powerful. So the high-low was really fun. Um, also, uh, doing Bible reading personally. Like for me, I always saw my mom do Bible mm-hmm. reading growing up. And then I do Bible reading. My kids see me doing Bible mm-hmm. reading, see you doing Bible reading. Um, I think it's really important personally to be centered on Christ and to keep it kind of keeps you on track when you're in God's Word. And so that also sets a good tone for your home. So get in the Bible personally. Also, bedtime prayers are really powerful. And we used to do these with the kids all the time, every night until like high school, because then they kind of are up it a, got a lot. little awkward. Well, it gets well, yeah. a, they're up way in the later. Yeah. Yeah, they're up a lot later than I am. So <laughs> we don't really do that much anymore. But oh boy, when they were little, yeah, we would do, um, we'd pray for the family. We'd give thanks for what we're thankful for. I remember ever I had this whole routine. My kids know it too. It's like, I would say, okay, let's pray for um, Papa and Grandma, Danny, Rachel, McKenna, Olivia, <laughs> Tim, Melissa, Ash, Kristen, Kendra, Noah, Mima, Bipa, Shana, Joe, Hayden, Ramsey, Brooklyn, and Presley, <laughs> Grandpa, Bud, and Grandma Mel. Wow. I, this whole thing. Impressive. And then, I don't have it memorized anymore. Yeah, we would, Not yeah. Like that. Yeah, well, and that was a thing, and we would name everybody. And, and that would change because, sadly enough, some people pass, some of our great-grandmas and mm-hmm. stuff like that. My mom past and so we would kind of have to change the it kids up are and, introduced yeah and then yeah. new you yeah. know spouses things like that are introduced nieces nephews so it's like it's changed through the years but i remember doing that every night before bed my kids all know it i say it to them um my son's in front of me he's giggling at it because he knows that we did that every night <laughs> <laughs> um also uh Couples devotional, I think, is really, really powerful. Gabe and I did this one that we love called Pillow Talk. Yeah, best one ever. It was the best one ever. But there was also one called Nightlight mm-hmm. that I thought was really good, too. And so that was a really good one. But if you want to do a couples devotional, just, again, opportunity to have conversation together on spiritual matters. So that's kind of important. Um, also, devotions with your kids. We did this all the time when our kids were growing up. We probably have 15 different devotionals oh, yeah, through those, the years. Yeah, little stories, little and we'd write the little, yep, yeah. little They would be like a story. A Bible story, it would teach them some sort of character attribute, or it would teach them like um, just a story in the Bible, that kind of thing. And then it would usually have discussion questions, mm-hmm. and we talk through the kids with the kids. And so it was really fun to do devotionals. You can go on Amazon to get that stuff. You can go to your local bookstore um, to do that stuff. So, but it really is a good opportunity to learn the Bible, learn character, and for them to ask questions, spiritual questions. And so it just kind of opens the door in that way. So those are some habits that we did with the kids growing up and that we have done as a couple growing up too. But there's yeah. lots more. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, on that topic, when you when you have, when in the air is spiritual conversation, it makes it easier to pause when you're having to make a big decision or when one of your kids has a major life question 
and and it's not so foreign to go to a spiritual yeah. subject. It's not so foreign to bring up what does the Bible say about that because it's already been. It's not like that's the only time we're doing it. You know, it's it's, it's happening all the time. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why the value is there to to have that all the time. Is mm-hmm. that then when when you need it, it's right there yeah. and it's not weird. Um, the second thing we want to talk about is church involvement because this is such a key component of bringing faith into your home. I hope that you are connected to a good church that mm-hmm. um, that teaches the Bible, that believes that Jesus is the Savior, and that um, you know really wants to help families thrive. And uh, and and if you are, then I hope you're leaning in because yeah. the you know the the church really is the community of people who who all have the same goal. We all want to see our lives improve, you know. And when we can support each other like that, you know, the Bible says two are better than one, yeah. three are better than two. And it's important to have community. Sure. So a few pieces to this. One is worship, that uh, we would connect in worship. Now, we are coming out of a pandemic. You know, the first one since 1918, now just happened in 2020. And um, churches were locked down. A lot of mm-hmm. people were doing church online. Churches have now mostly across the country started reopening. And um, and we're seeing people regather, yep. and and I hope that you're doing that. I hope that you're looking for a place you can do that. I hope that you're near a good church. If not, get on Google. You know, check yeah. it out. Um, and if if you're not able to, I hope that you're able to do something online with the church and connect that way. Because being a part of a worship experience where you're able to watch other people and engage in it yourself to really lift up who is God, thank God for who He is and what He's done. That's mm-hmm. the idea of worship. Uh, worship is more than just music, and um, it's it's about engaging your heart and thanking God for who He is. And one of the things that I believe is that our kids need to learn how to do this too. Mm-hmm. They need to see it, and they need to do it. They need to understand what it's like to be a part of an experience where we're lifting up our hearts to God. Um, there's something beautiful about that, and I think it begins to teach um, you know us that we have a place we can go where there's a God who loves us and cares for us that we can we can even talk to him in that moment you know so worship is a really is a really big deal we, we've always said the best gift you can give your spouse is a hot relationship with God that's right because um, there's <laughs> nothing sexier. nothing sexier <laughs> and there's <laughs> nothing more powerful in a marriage that will hold you together in the tough times than knowing you have a solid foundation that's based on a relationship with God Melissa often counsels uh, ladies who are looking to get married to find a man who loves Jesus more than he loves them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important, you know, that we would be people who go, I'm going to prioritize relationship with God. I'm going to worship him in my more. lifestyle. Uh, one question I have for you is, if you're married, how does your spouse observe you worshiping? Um, is there ever a moment where they catch you having an actual encounter with God, you know? And and, and do, you, do you let down your guard enough to do that? Because that's a beautiful experience to observe. And it, te- it teaches each one of us, like, how we can do that, you know, and how we can mm-hmm. let go and, and do that together. That's important, worship. The second thing is community. Community is so, so, so powerful. Yeah. Uh, we believe you should do life together with like-minded individuals that I think marriage is too hard to go it alone. <laughs> sure. I mean, it's too complicated. There's too many trials. There's too many questions. And so we need other people who've gone before us. We need friends we can reach out to. We need people to pray for us. You know, we need people who we can learn from, all of that stuff. And uh, and so I hope that you have an opportunity to do that at our church, Westside Community Church. We do this through groups. You know, we have a lot of groups that meet and we consistently have marriage groups and all of those things. And uh, I hope, again, that you're in a place where you could connect in community that way with others who are on the journey because 
that part of you know church involvement as a part of your faith life it's it's just it adds so much power so much. and value to it another last piece to church involvement that i think is really powerful is mission um, mission is that piece where we go i'm not just going to receive in my faith life i'm going to give yeah. you know i'm going to i'm going to turn around and and give back and i'm going to serve and i'm going to figure out what am i called to do in life and I'm going to get on mission with that. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I've come to understand is if it doesn't require sacrifice, it doesn't leave a lasting impression on your family. So when our family gets to do something together, whether it be a couple or you know maybe a couple with kids, um, man, when we get to do something together that requires a little sacrifice, it's really, really powerful. And a quick story, we've probably told this before, but a few years ago, um, now kind of many years ago, we, uh, we had been having this money kind of build up. We had budgeted a little bit of money each week. That's right, $15 a week. We called it the prey money. (laughs) We put a little envelope on the counter. The kids got to see every week we'd put money in this little envelope. It was called the prey envelope. And and so they would see it getting a little bit thicker, you know. And then when the envelope got certain thickness, we'd say, all right, it's about time for us to go do something to serve others with this money. And one weekend we said, let's take this money and go downtown and, um, and give out food to homeless people. And so we took the money, went to a Wendy's, remember that? Mm-hmm. And we bought gobs of hamburgers and we each got our <laughs> own bag of hamburgers. And then the five of us just kind of wandered together through the streets of our city. And, and we would individually just go, God, who do you want me to give this next burger to? And I just remember the impression that made on our kids was that they were having their conversation with God and asking God, should I give my burger to this person? And it was just something powerful about that. You know, it stuck with them and well, integrated faith to, with them. When we had to decide together what we were going to spend the money on. So there was times where we would do like um, $30 would go to a missionary that yeah. came into town. Or there was different mm-hmm. things that we would, you know, support and, and ways we would serve with our with our prayer money. Yeah. So that was pretty fun. Yeah. yeah. So worship, <laughs> community, mission, those are pieces where as a church – um, as, as a community of believers, if you can connect with that, uh, it really strengthens the faith that you have in your home. That's right. Because that all comes to reinforce what you're doing at home. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. All right. Another thing is standards. And this is kind of a big deal to me because I feel like um, if you are going to have a peaceful, loving, and faith-filled home, you got to have standards. There's got to be a moral compass, right? you got to act like Jesus is right with you at the dinner table or, or right with you in bed, those kind of things. you got to really, really have good standards. So for us, um, there's always been no drugs, no drunkenness at our home. We don't even have alcohol at our house at all. Um, it's not that we don't drink or we're mad at alcohol because we're not at all. But um, we just don't allow that stuff in our house. And so um, to me, anything that's mind-altering will destroy your home. I can guarantee it. We've been in ministry a long time, and we know a lot of couples that have you know, mm. been drinkers, been doing drugs, different variations of it, and it always breaks down the fabric of the home. So I'm going to say with, with complete conviction, don't bring drugs and drunkenness into your home. Mm-hmm. I guarantee it will break down the fabric of it. So that's my first thing. Also, be mindful of what you watch and listen to no porn. I'm just going to come out and say it. Like there should be, the porn should not be allowed in your home. It shouldn't be allowed anywhere around you, um, especially in your home. Um, Also just, I listen to secular music, so I'm not acting like I don't listen to, I only listen to Christian music. I don't. 
I listen to secular music as well. But, man, there's a lot of trash out mm-hmm. there. A lot of trash. And there's been some artists lately that's let out some new albums that I'm just like, I can't even listen to this anymore. They can't listen to this person anymore. I love Ariana Grande, but I just can't do it anymore. So, Because I'm trying to guard my mind, trying to guard my heart, trying to guard my home. So for me, got to be mindful what you listen to. For me, I say garbage in, garbage out. I mean, that's what it is to me. And I used to tell the kids growing up, what goes in your eyes and ears goes in your heart and mind, comes out your hands and feet. So you are what you listen to, what you (laughs) watch. I love that line. So be careful. Another thing is uh, watch how you talk, the language in your home. Proverbs 4.24 says, avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. James 3 is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. And if you get a chance, read it. It all talks about just the tongue and how powerful it is that it does blessings and cursing at the same time. And so for me, being careful how we speak to each other and the tone of our voices and the language we use. When you go into a home that says they're faith-filled, but yet they're screaming and yelling and swearing at each other, you know, tearing each other down, uh, I don't know about that. That doesn't sound like a habit I want in my home. So. Don't do that. And I'm a teaser, too, so I can be a little brat about this, too. I like to tease. I like to, you know, jab and have fun with it. But you really it cannot be disrespectful. That's just not mm-hmm. not good. And another thing is be careful who you allow to influence you, your spouse, mm-hmm. or your kids. Um, it's really, really important. I mean, one bad apple spoils a whole bunch, right? And so I personally have had friends growing up that have taken me down with them. Um, I've watched my kids pick the wrong friends every once in a while, and you watch it just go down, and it's just, it it happens. You may not notice it happening because it can sneak in and happen and happen and happen, and then all of a sudden, you're way further from God because of that very relationship than when you start in. And so always be the influencer in a godly way, and just be careful who's influencing you and definitely who's in- influencing those little kids you're trying to raise in a godly yeah, home. for sure. I mean, and as adults, I think it's tempting to think, We've outgrown. Right. Nobody you know, influences right. me. But that's just that's not, not true. true. Just is not true. <laughs> no. So we got. I think we got to watch it just as much, you know, sure. for our marriage mm-hmm. and for our family life um, as adults as any time in our lives. That's right. Yeah. Uh, the last thing that we want to talk about real quick is the environment of your home. You know, if you think about how do you bring faith into your home? Well, um, how does the home itself, how does the environment actually support faith, believing in God, you know? Um, one of the things that I think about a lot of times is what what are the artifacts around our home that are in the environment mm. that would indicate that we have a faith life? You know, things like um, verses. We've got a verse in our laundry room of all things. And I don't know if it's there because it's frustrating sometimes to do laundry. <laughs> and so there's a verse up there like, you know, no, come keep one, the attitude come one good. made it for me. And I didn't have another place to put it, so yeah. I put it in the laundry room, but it's really encouraging it in that laundry room. <laughs> and it happens to be uh, Melissa's mom passed away, Karen, but it's her. it was her favorite verse, now become Melissa's favorite verse, and Proverbs my daughter's 3, 5, verse, and 6, so. our daughter Caitlin's favorite <laughs> verse. Um, and it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, um, lean not on your own understanding, and all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. That's right. um, but those things, like where are those things that were, that, you know, like in the heat of the moment, sometimes in an argument, if you look up and you see a verse on the wall, oh, you might think twice about what we're going to say next, you know? Um, We have things like, we have a picture of Melissa's mom uh, in our back room, and it's got all these spiritual thoughts about her legacy. And, you know, that's just always been kind of a little bit of a North Star, you know, when you look Mm -hmm. back there and you think, oh yeah, she's, her legacy was faith, and we want that to be repeated. And so, you know, and also, had, in our room, 1 Corinthians 13 is yeah. up, so love is patient and kind yeah. always. And I look at that constantly yeah. because I, basically when I'm laying in bed like this, I'm staring right at it. <laughs> and so I'm looking at <laughs> You look at right that. past my beautiful face. I do, the, right past your head, yeah. and I see the verse. But it just reminds <laughs> me that 
of those special things that that love is patient and kind of doesn't record records of wrong things like that. Yeah. And so it's important to have those kind of reminders. I like having those around the house, so it's encouraging to me. And lucky for me, that stuff all ends up at Ross, so I buy it That's and fall from so Ross. True, yeah, you get it for super <laughs> cheap. Good price. That's funny. Um, our son Caleb has a huge flag in his room. Oh, says Jesus is King. King you yeah. know, and it's like that's a great reminder for a. 16, almost 17-year-old guy mm-hmm. to have on his wall, you know, that's, I'm so proud of that kind of thing being I'm around ashamed. the house, you know. <laughs> um, and so there's just all these little things that we have that that we feel like they represent our faith journey. Even some of our pictures around the house, you know, um, that just remind us where we've come from, where we're going. Um, those are things, Bibles sitting around, journals that we've written in, um, books that we've read, you know, mm-hmm. those things. I guess the question that I have for us is, what are you anchoring? You know, like when you spend time in your home, if you think about your home right now, what ideas does the environment of your home anchor in in your mind? Let's say you spend two hours in a room. You know, what are the what are the artifacts and what are they anchoring? What what ideas? What thoughts? So just start putting some stuff around. If they aren't already there, you know, put more of that stuff around because the environment does actually impact um, our thinking. And, mm-hmm. and and our and how much we prioritize faith in our home. Sure. So those are kind of the, some of the lessons that we've learned over the years mm-hmm. about how to bring faith into your home. And we hope that those are helpful. Hope that um, you can even share with us, you know, go and, and leave a review, uh, leave a comment, share with us some of the ideas that you have. But we'd love to just pause right now and pray for you as we wrap up this podcast. God, thank you so much for just faith and just truth and the anchoring of your word and how it brings us um, such peace and um, just direction on how to lead a home and how to have a successful home life, God. We just thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you for the opportunity to know you and to serve you, God. And just thank you for families. And we just ask your blessing on each family listening to this right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, we hope that you enjoyed this. We hope that you'll share it with a friend. We hope that you'll subscribe if you haven't already to Marriage Monthly and even leave us a review. We, we know that Apple for sure likes that stuff. Oh. And uh, we'd love for you to subscribe <laughs> to the YouTube channel and all that, th- all that stuff. Uh, help us get the word out. We'd love to build healthy marriages. We'll see you next month.